Hi guys, it's episode 6 of the Beauty of Ugly and uh, it looks like we are all fighting the apocalypse together, huh? Uh, <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like an Avenger right now, sitting here on my couch, uh, scrolling through internet memes and eating potato chips. Um, I feel, this is really interesting, I feel like um, we're all separated, but at the same time we are all kind of united in a way, not just within the country, but globally as well. I feel like uh, all over the world, people are talking about the same thing. Everyone has the same thing on their minds and everyone is doing the same thing, which is staying home. And if you are not, you should be. So I hope you guys have uh, everything you need at home and you're comfortable. Uh, we have everything we need right here and we should be able to last quite a while if we don't leave the house, uh, which we are not planning to. Uh, we have lots of food, we have lots of junk food anyway. Um, Chinese New Year cookies, now's your time to shine! <laughs> yeah, so um, right now it is Wednesday afternoon, it is the first day of the two-week movement control order period. Uh, so it's, it's almost like a lockdown, but I, I'm trying very careful not to say lockdown because it's technically not a lockdown. Don't say it's a lockdown. It's not a lockdown. How dare you? Words matter. You're going to create panic and pandemonium everywhere, right? So, um, which is true in a way. So, uh, it's not a lockdown. Um, what's the difference between a lockdown and movement control? A friend asked me, and I think with a lockdown, you have to stay home. You can't leave your house. It's basically house arrest for everyone. With movement control, I think you can technically leave your house but there's no real reason to because all the all the fun places are closed anyway um, you can go to a restaurant i think but you can't eat at restaurants they won't allow you uh, they will only let you you can get takeaway food you can tap out your food and uh, that's basically it essential services are still open you can go to banks, uh, do your bank transactions. You can, you can go to a hospital, uh, obviously, and you can go to post offices, those kind of things. And uh, outstation travel has been basically stopped. You're not supposed to do any outstation traveling unless you have really good special reason, like a family member has died and you have to go to the funeral and it has to be a small funeral or um, one of your close relatives has an illness and you have to see them but it has to be a, like a really serious uh, illness uh what else the other one um or if you if you yourself have a medical condition and you need to get medical attention and you need to get to a certain town then you you can obviously uh travel and but you have to get uh, special permission from the police. Uh, this was what they said yesterday. But then today, they kind of said something like, uh, don't everybody go to the police station at once because that's what happened yesterday. Everyone, basically everyone and everyone and their mom showed up at the police station and they were just like, I got to visit my relative. You know, I got to go back and feed my goldfish or something like that. And the police was like, whoa, 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 whoa. You, you can't all just like ask for permission to go to, you know, back to your hometown. But apparently a lot of people did. And uh, anyway, the restriction control only comes into play today. Many people already left. They already balik kampong, which I guess kind of makes sense because you have to visit your folks at some point anyway. So now seems like a good time. But at the same time, it kind of defeats 
the purpose of the movement control because the, the whole point of the movement control is to prevent the disease from spreading, right? By controlling uh, the movement of people. But uh, at the same time, people are like, oh no, we can't travel tomorrow. We got to travel today. So all of a sudden, everybody traveled at the same time. So maybe the disease might spread and the numbers might go up a little bit more before it comes back down. Do I blame the government? Maybe, yeah, a little bit. Because uh, I think they did a good job putting the movement control order in place, but I feel like they could have done it a little bit earlier. They could have been a bit more decisive. They could have uh, taken less time to figure things out, um, to figure out what was needed. And also, they, they've not done really a good job of explaining why they did what they did. So people just thought, well, here are the new rules, and uh, we're going to find our ways around them, right? Which is why everyone uh, did their traveling yesterday. Uh, so I feel like the government didn't just do a poor job of communicating with the public, but also um, it's not communicating well within itself. Like yesterday, the federal government and the state governments, they had a big meeting to kind of coordinate what they needed to do to prevent the disease from spreading. And opposition states were just left out of the meeting. So today, the, uh, the PM came up with a statement that um, it was an oversight. And I don't know, is this, this is unforgivable, right? This is like, obviously, it wasn't an oversight. And even if it was, it's like incompetence of the highest order. Like, we're talking about saving people's lives here. And they're still playing these stupid games. So I don't know. I, I don't want to talk about those guys too much, but uh, we kind of have to because today the whole podcast is going to be about COVID-19, right? Um, no, the actual name of the virus is actually SARS-CoV-2, but the disease that it causes is coronavirus 2019 uh, because the disease was discovered uh, last year. And so the shorter name is actually COVID-19. But it's... A type of coronavirus, just like the previous SARS-CoV-1, I guess. It's just easier to say coronavirus. So a lot of people say coronavirus. So if in this episode I say coronavirus, I really mean COVID-19 or all the virus that causes it. This is really technical. I'm, I'm not an expert, you know. I just read this thing like five minutes ago. And uh, I, just, I just thought I'd put this disclaimer out there because... People get upset, right? It's like there's this snarky meme that goes out there where people are like, oh, all of a sudden everyone is a like, serious disease expert, huh? No, we're not. We're just curious people who are interested in staying alive and we just want to compare notes, right? We just want to have a... We're just having a discussion over here. So fuck you a little bit. Um, I've been a little bit worried about some of my friends who are... Uh, probably going to find it a little bit difficult to make ends meet. Many of my friends are freelancers. Uh, many of them are in the live performing arts industry. And there's no shows within the next two weeks. And possibly within the next couple of months as well, um, not many people are going to be going out, obviously. So there are not going to be that many shows. And I find that 
on an individual level, I really sympathize with everyone who's uh, going to find it very hard to make a living. But when it comes to large companies, large corporations, uh, I don't know. I don't have the same kind of sympathy. Like with the Corona beer, they claim that they will lose 132 million pounds of quote-unquote lost revenue. And when I hear that, I, I feel like that's a little bit entitled. You, you just assume that money belonged to you anyway. Like, how do you, you know what I mean? It's, it seems like a little bit presumptuous that, like, you just figure that that money is owed to you. No, the, nobody owes you any money. So yeah, I've, I just thought it was interesting, the contrast between how I think about individuals and how I think about large companies. Uh, does that mean I'm a communist? Does that mean I'm going to start using words like proletariat? I don't even know what that means. But uh, maybe, I don't know. Uh, maybe I should look it up. So here in Malaysia, we have 673 confirmed cases so far. And apparently two-thirds of them are linked to a certain four-day convention that took place uh, over the weekend. I feel like there were many large gatherings that took place over the weekend. And the government, if it had been as decisive as it wanted to be, would have stopped these events from taking place. But at the same time, they were worried about how it would look and they would worry about losing votes or offending people. So I think like they took a little bit too long. There was a 15,000 people religious event over the weekend and then there was another 30,000 people were at another religious festival. And also it didn't really help that the Deputy Minister of Women, Family and Community Development said something which a lot of people felt was very irresponsible. She said the chance of dying of the coronavirus is only 1%, whereas the chance of dying at any time is 100%. First of all, it's not the job of her ministry to be uh, dishing out religious advice. And uh, second of all, the math doesn't add up. Like, uh, the chance of dying at any time is 100%. Like, that, that means you're already dead. Remember Thanos from the Marvel Universe, the big bad guy that everybody had to fight at the end? The chance of surviving Thanos is 50%, so think about that. So yeah, uh, this lady, she had to uh, basically delete her Twitter account because uh, people gave her so much shit about that, and rightfully. So plenty of large gatherings over the weekend, and now some people have died, unfortunately. Um, I just feel like we could have learned from other countries, but we didn't. Instead, we decided to learn from our own mistakes. And I'm all for learning from mistakes. But in this case, the mistakes are costly. We're talking about human lives here. So yeah, that's that. In Italy, people are actually recording videos to send to themselves from 10 days ago. Like they are recording messages to give advice to themselves from 10 days ago. And a lot of the advice is really to kind of tell themselves that they regret not taking the virus seriously. 
And there's also an article about how Italy very quickly within a few days went from stage one to stage six. Stage one being not taking the virus very seriously and stage six is when they were just full-blown. I think they had like 18,000 people infected. And I think the reason they wanted to record all this was really to to share with people from other countries to say, look, don't make the same mistakes that we did. So I think that's really worth checking out, and I'll put those links in the description down below. Um, I think all around the world we are talking about the same thing, more or less the same strategy, which is to flatten the curve. I'm sure you guys have heard this expression, flattening the curve. And what it means is to make sure that at any one time, the number of infected people are not too high so that healthcare services are able to cope with it, you know, we, so that the hospitals and the doctors and nurses and, and everything is just um, not overwhelmed by the number of cases. So every, everyone's trying to do more or less the same thing, which is to keep the number of cases um, in check. But in the UK especially, we heard about this expression called herd immunity. Or at least we heard the UK experts talk a little bit about it. And according to experts, they say that in the case of COVID-19, you can achieve herd immunity when about 60% of the population is infected uh, does this mean that the UK is trying to get everyone infected? Because we did hear about um, large concerts being held and uh, people were just not caring so much. So at first, it did seem like the assumption was like, oh, in the UK, they're taking a different approach. They're just trying to race towards 60%. But that's not true as well because uh, they are also trying to flatten the curve. They don't want like a sharp spike that overwhelms their healthcare system. Um, but they are talking about at some point in time, maybe years down the road, maybe we would reach herd immunity because basically there are only three main ultimate outcomes where we can deal with the pandemic. Like one is if we develop a vaccine and everyone is vaccinated, so no problem, right? And then the second one would be um, if we control we have so many restrictions to travel and movement that the disease is unable to spread. And therefore, the disease would die out, at least among humans. And then the third one is when we achieve herd immunity, which is when, uh, like they were talking about in the UK, when 60% of the people actually have it. And then we develop an immunity to it, hopefully. And then the disease would not be able to find... Um, susceptible hoses to spread to and then the problem would be gone so i don't know if our government knows this i hope they know what they're doing i hope they're not, not just like taking it one step at a time without really planning ahead but it's a new government and it's malaysia so all we can do is hope for the best right so speaking of this, uh, one thing that was really interesting was I saw this TED talk on YouTube by this global health expert called Alana Shaikh, and the title of the TED talk was Coronavirus is Our Future. 
So main point is she said that she believes it would not be eradicated because um, travel restrictions don't really help because uh, people would find their way around it. And I think we have already seen a little bit of that. Um, what with the people traveling last night and also some of the selfish people who were tested positive but insisted on traveling. And I don't know what goes through people's minds when they do this. Is it just pure selfishness or is it just, are they in denial? Are they just thinking like, oh, you know, yeah, diseases can spread, but uh, it's going to be okay. It's it's not going to happen. I think maybe maybe a little bit of that. Maybe that's uh, human nature, right? People are wishful, and that can't be helped. So that's one thing she said. Like, um, you can't pre prevent it by trying to control people's movements. So what she was pushing for was more healthcare services all over and not just in developed countries but also in helping developing nations and um, third world countries to have better health care so that when new diseases show up they are better able to handle it and better able to communicate with uh, other countries on on the research aspects of it and also how to deal with it Another point that she made is that COVID-19 won't be our last major outbreak because through um, our human activity, we will be clearing more forests, we will be uh, encountering more diseases, more bacteria, more, more uh, diseases uh, that are unfamiliar to our immune system and therefore we won't have immunity to them, we won't know how to deal with them. And the only way to deal with this is to have uh, better health care and scientific research facilities, not just in developed nations, but also in developing countries and also third world countries. So those were her main points. And as a takeaway advice that she could give, basically she said that we need to wash our hands a lot. And I think you guys already know this. And she says, even if you think you wash your hands a lot, wash your hands even more. And uh, I've been doing that a lot. And I saw that the Center for Disease Control and Prevention advises that when you wash your hands, you have to take a long time. You have to, you have to wash your hands for as long as it takes to sing the happy birthday song twice, which I find like, that's really long, isn't it? I mean... Even if I sing the birthday song once right now, like before I'm done with the song, you guys would have tuned out of the podcast. And it can be very tedious as well. Um, so some guy has come up with like this uh, wash your hands lyrics or something. I'll put a link down there as well. Where you can come up with different songs or uh, you find some song lyrics for you. Uh, so that you can sing a different song when you wash your hands. And uh, I haven't used it myself. I find like, uh, I, I wash my hands very often now, but I, I don't think I take as long as is recommended by the Center for Disease Control and Prevention. I feel like if I just wash my hands for like 15 seconds, it's pretty long already. 20 seconds tops. I don't know how long the happy birthday song is, but I feel like it's longer than that. And, um, well, you guys should wash your hands, definitely. I, I don't want people to say like, oh, that's this podcast out there is telling people not to wash their hands. And, 
no, that's not what I'm saying. Uh, what I'm saying is, uh, I don't know. I, I I wash my hands a lot, and I think I wash every part of my hands. I take as long as I need to to get them clean. Wash my wrists, sometimes my forearms as well. But uh, two happy birthday songs. That seems uh, that seems pretty long. But uh, if it keeps you alive, you should do it, right? So yeah, I don't know where I was going with that one. So uh, yeah, don't listen to me. Just wash your hands. Wash your hands long. Wash your hands for half an hour if you need to. Uh, but uh, can you wear out your hands? I don't know. Suppose if you wash your hands like 20 times a day and each time you take like a minute and a half, you lose a lot of skin, right? But wash your hands, guys. So what are you guys doing with your free time at home? I guess many of you guys are working at home, but uh, let's be serious. Some of you guys are slacking off. I know this. Um, I'm watching a lot of Netflix. At, actually, I, I found a lot of free online stuff that uh, people can do. For instance, there are 12 world-famous, world-class, huge museums that you can visit. Uh, you can have a virtual tour of those museums. Uh, I'm going to put those... I'm going to put everything in... The, uh, I'm going to put all the links in the description down below of all this stuff. There's also, I think, the M Metropolitan Opera of New York. They are putting some live streams. You guys can check out when those are on. And I think there's also a bunch of places you can get free online books to read. I can't seem to find the link right now, but I'll, I'll put it in the description down below as well. So you guys can check that out. My plan is uh, to watch some Netflix, maybe. Um, I watch a few episodes of Dirty Money. I watch the one with uh, the one on Najib Razak uh, and the one on Donald Trump uh, from the first season and also the one on Jared Kushner, which was really interesting. It really put everything into perspective. Like um, It kind of makes sense now when I look at Jared Kushner's um, emotionless sociopath expression. So yeah, that was fun, and uh, I'm also reading. I'm, I've also started reading again. I, I'm starting with a comic book by Marjan Satrapi. It's called Persepolis. It's about her life growing up as a young girl in Iran, starting from before the Islamic Revolution. It's a story of a young girl, but at the same time, it's the story of Iran in recent years. And she's a great storyteller, and it's a very interesting story. And Iran is very interesting as well on its own. Uh, we were there last year. I kind of begrudgingly went with my wife because I didn't want her to go alone. But I kind of fell in love with the country, and I think we should talk about Iran in a future episode because it's so interesting. But uh, yeah, so we'll leave that for another episode. Uh, maybe not the next episode, but... I think that's it for this episode. So take care, guys. Take it easy. Wash your hands a lot. Maybe watch some television. But maybe don't watch those zombie apocalypse movies. Otherwise, you might panic and kill your neighbor with a pipe bomb. All right, guys. I'm out of here. See you guys at the next one. Bye.